Lord, we believe that this morning. We know that you are alive. This morning we gather to, to remember and to celebrate the resurrection of your son, Jesus. I pray, Father, that as we celebrate and as we remember, Lord, that you would speak to us through your word, that you would change our hearts and start with mine. We don't want to leave here the same way we got here, so make us more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As you're seated, would you look at the person next to you and say, where did you park? Just kidding. Sorry about that. We're working on it. Here, let's try something different. Look at the person next to you and say, you look good. Go ahead and say that. Because they were thinking, what should I wear? It's Easter. Some of them bought something new. So last week, Diane and I took two of our grandsons to watch Disney on Ice at the Budweiser Event Center. And a couple of things really uh, jumped out at me. One, this bag of popcorn was $20. When she told me that, I was like, no, I don't want all of them. I just want one, just one bag, 20 bucks. That hurt. The only reason I'm telling you that is just to complain, really, honestly. But the other thing that jumped out to me was they, they told the story of, of Simba and the Lion King. And if you're not familiar with the story, I'm going to spoil it for you, but you've had almost 30 years to watch it. So, I mean, it's kind of like on you. But anyway, uh, the story is about this young lion cub named Simba who's in line to be the next king of the jungle. So he's supposed to be the king, and he's tricked into believing that he caused his father's death. And so because he's afraid and he doesn't know what to do, he runs. He goes from the place he's supposed to be to another place where he's not supposed to be. And so he goes and he lives this life, and, and it's kind of in self-imposed exile. And, and it's not a terrible life that he lives, but it's not the life that was supposed to be his. So he meets Pumbaa and Timon, and he does a whole Hakuna Matata thing. And, but the problem is that he was designed for this, and he ends up doing that. He was supposed to be here and he ends up over there. And this, this story is not original to Disney. They didn't come up with that idea. Uh, this, as a matter of fact, we see it in the Bible with two of Jesus' closest friends, Judas and Peter. In the painting of The Last Supper by Leonardo da Vinci, the painting is supposed to be portraying the moment when Jesus says, one of you will betray me. But I've always thought it looks more like they're arguing about who's going to pay the check. You know what I mean? Have you ever had that when it comes and everybody starts like splitting it up and like Thomas, uh, he's like, I only ordered one thing. There's no way it's fair for us to split it. Or, or Matthew, he's like, I mean, Jesus invites us and then we have to pay? Like, that's not fair. Or Andrew's like, all I had was chips and salsa and water. I don't think I should have to pay. I'm sorry if I ruin that painting for you now. <laughs> like, you'll never look at it the same. But I want to talk, talk about these two guys, Peter and Judas. And they, they have very kind of similar stories, but they have very different endings. So let's start with, with Judas. The nation of Israel was an occupied country. The Rome had, had conquered it about 60 years before Jesus was born. And the Jewish people hated the Roman occupation. They were, they were oppressed. They were heavily taxed. And so uh, there was this group of people called the Zealots. It was kind of a, a radical, political, religious group, and, and they were a political party. And what their, 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 their whole goal 
is they believed the only way to deal with the Romans was to kick them out, to have a war, to have a civil war even. And so their slogan might have been, by any means necessary. They were radical. They were violent. And Judas was a zealot. His last name was Iscariot, which meant dagger men or men of the dagger. And that would have told everyone that he was a zealot. And Judas believed that Jesus was the Messiah. He believed that he was the Son of God. He had witnessed the miracles. He had been part of some of the miracles. He had seen Jesus. He had heard his teaching. But he followed him for a different reason than everybody else. He followed Jesus with the hope that he would kick the Romans out of Israel, that he would set himself up as king in Jerusalem, and that through war he would kick out the Romans. So I believe that Judas is trying to force Jesus' hand here. And so he does something. He says, if I have him arrested, then that would kind of twist his arm and force him to start a revolution. So this is what he does. Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. Judas sells Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, the price of a slave. But I think Judas is thinking, okay, now this is perfect. Because once Jesus is arrested, he's going to overthrow the Romans. The revolution is going to start. He just needs a little push to kind of get him going. But then Jesus is sentenced to death. And we see that he's beaten and that he's whipped. And Judas panics. This wasn't the plan. This is going all wrong. And so Judas runs. Kind of like Simba. Like he was supposed to be here doing this. He's supposed to be one of the disciples. But he goes there. He's supposed to be doing this, sticking around, but, but instead he does that. But he's not the only one that runs. Peter, the night before Jesus is crucified, look what he tells Jesus. Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I'll never disown you. Peter's like, all these other guys, I mean, these other you know, disciples, they're good guys. I mean, you know, if we're speaking Spanish, I mean, estos chavos son buena gente, ¿me entiendes? Like, they're good guys, but they're not like me, Jesus. When things get hard, when things get tough, they're going to run. But me, I'm your ride or die. I'm with you to the end, fool. You know, keep, that's more Greeley than Jerusalem, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like, he's, I'm going to be with you till the very end. And Jesus looks at Peter, who really believes what he's saying right now. And Jesus says this to him. Truly I tell you, I'm telling you the truth, Peter. This very night, tonight, before the rooster crows, you'll disown me three times. So it's nighttime, and Jesus is basically telling him, by tomorrow morning, you're going to deny that you even know me three times. Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I'll never disown you. Have you ever said something and you really meant it until you didn't really mean it anymore? Like January 1st, this is my year. Lean and mean in 2017. You know what I mean? I'm going to lose 30 pounds. I'm going to go to the gym every day. And then someone brought, bring, brings out the leftover tamales. And you're like, you know what? Next year for sure, man. Like, I'm serious, right? Peter really believes what he's saying. And Jesus says, by the time tomorrow morning comes, you're going to decide. And he says, no, 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 no. So Jesus is arrested. He's being questioned. He's taken to this courtyard. And Peter, to his credit, follows him at a distance, but he follows him. And they go to this courtyard, and there's a fire burning. And it's an interesting fire. It's a special kind of fire. The Greek word is anthrakia. It's a coal fire. It's a fire made of coal. And 
you know, there's a bunch of fires in the Bible as a kind of an agricultural society, but, but this fire, we only see it two times in the Bible. We only see this word twice in the Bible, and this is one of the times. It's a coal fire. I was talking to, to Greg. He's a, a former missionary, plays guitar on our worship team, does a bunch of other stuff here, and he w- we were talking about this fire, and he said that when he was a kid, they warmed their house with coal, and he said that, that a coal fire smells very different than a wood fire. It's got a very distinct kind of a bad smell. It kind of stinks, and it's dirty. And so this is the kind of fire that Peter walks up to, and this is what happens. Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl said to him, and they said, saw him and the people and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. In other words, I swear I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you're one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. So here's Peter, Mr. Ride or Die. I'm going to go with you to the very end. A teenage girl comes up to him and challenges him, and he denies Jesus three times. And then to put an exclamation point on it, he starts cussing, right? He says, look, you bleep and you're a bleep, and your mama's a bleep, and your grandma, she's a bleep too. Like, he just starts cussing them out and says, I do not know him. Have you ever done something that made you disgusted with yourself? Like, you're so frustrated, I can't believe I did that. That's not me, that's not who I am, but I did that. That's Peter. Look what happens next. Immediately, a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you'll disown me three times. One of the Bible, one of the the gospels says, and Jesus and Peter made eye contact in that moment. Jesus looked at him. He said, remember Peter? And he went outside and wept bitterly. There's different kinds of tears. And I don't know if you know that, but, but there's different kinds of tears. And bitter tears, the best way I could describe them is when a mother loses her baby. And it doesn't matter if the baby is in her belly or if the baby's 50 years old, when a mother loses their baby, they cry bitter tears. And that's the tears that Peter is crying here. And then you know what he does? He runs. Peter runs. He's supposed to be here, but you're there. And so Peter's gone now, and Jesus is crucified, and he's placed in a borrowed tomb. Jesus is dead. And the disciples panic, and they're stunned. They can't believe what's happened. They scatter So what happens to Judas? This is what happens. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us, they replied. That's your responsibility. That's your problem. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. Instead of running back, to God. Instead of running back to Jesus, Judas runs further away. He runs away in shame and guilt, and he takes his own life. And that's the end of Judas' story. What happens to Peter? Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the brothers Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter announced, I'm going fishing. The rest of them replied, we're going with you. So Peter was a leader. And he had incredible influence 
in this time. And, and when he did stuff, people would follow. And so he had an incredible faith, an incredible influence. But here he's using his influence poorly. He's, he's leading people away from God instead of back towards them. Now these guys are running with him. And you have influence too. You might think, well, I'm not a leader. I don't lead anything. You're wrong. People are watching you. And people watch especially how you suffer. When you're suffering, we see the real person come out. And people watch you, especially if you're a follower of Christ, and they want to see what you do when you suffer. That's what we're seeing here. The true Peter is coming out, and he says, I'm going fishing. Now, this is significant because before Peter met Jesus, he was a professional fisherman. So him going fishing is different. If, if tomorrow morning I told Diane, I'm going fishing, she would know what that means. She would think he's going to get his pole, he's going to get some bait, probably three or four burritos, some Fritos, a couple of pops. He's going to go to Boyd Lake, sit on the shore, not catch anything, and he'll come home. That's what's going to happen. He's probably going to smell, and, but he'll eat good. Like, that's me fishing, all right? When Peter goes fishing, he's continuing to run because he says, I, w- I was one of the disciples, but I'm not anymore. I- I've messed up that part of my life. I've messed up too big and too much and too often. That part of my life is over. So he's running, going back to the only thing that he ever knew. And then Jesus shows up. The great miracle of Easter is that Jesus resurrects himself from the dead. What's the difference between Christianity and every other major world religion? It's this. You can travel to Jining, China, and visit the grave of Confucius, and he's still there. You can go to the great pagodas of India and visit the the pagodas where they have the ashes of Buddha, and he's still there. You can go to the city of Medina in Saudi Arabia and visit the tomb of Muhammad, and he's still there. But if you go to Israel and you go to the tomb of Jesus, you walk in and there's a sign that says he is not here, he's alive. Jesus Christ has resurrected from the dead. And then he goes looking for the disciples. He's looking for them. He's always looking. He's looking for them, and he's looking for you. And this is what happens. These guys are out fishing. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. Now think about this moment for a second. Jesus, the Son of God, was crucified, hung on a cross, died, spent three days defeating death and hell, resurrects himself, and the first thing he says is, is anybody hungry? Does anybody yell nobody, somebody? Man, I was rapping backwards right there. That sounded like Sugar Hill Gang. To the hip, hip, hippity, hip, hop. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Do you know somebody who no matter what's happening, they're ready to eat? Raise your hand. If, point at them. That's my people right there. That's them. Things are going rough. I tell Diane, you know what? Let's go eat. You know what I mean? Things are going good. You know what we should do? We should go eat, right? That's what Jesus is doing. He gets to these guys, he sees them, and he says, hey, guys, let's eat. Did you notice what kind of fire it is? It's anthrakia, a fire of burning coals. The only other time we ever see it. So Jesus takes Peter, and he brings him back to that place, and there's this experience Peter has when he smells the coal. He remembers, and he brings him back to that place where he first ran away. Then look what he asked him. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, 
do you love me more than these? I, I like that. This is a formal question he's asking him because he uses his full name. If today he might have said, hey, Simon Peter Johnson, like that might have been how he said it, right? When I was a kid, when you were a kid, did your mom ever say your whole name when you were in trouble? Like my mom never did that. She would never say, Angel David Flores. You know, she, she would go, Angel. And I'd be like, oh, what? And my friends would be like, what's the matter? I don't know, but I don't think I could play anymore. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's kind of what Jesus is doing here. Simon, son of John. Then he, then he asks him a question. Do you love me more than these? Bible scholars debate what the these refers to. Some believe that he's talking about the other disciples. Do you love me more than these guys? Which, which is interesting, and that could be it, because it'd be like he's saying, hey, Peter, remember when you said that you'd be the only one to die with me? Remember that, when you said that, that you were better than all these guys? Do you still feel that way, Peter? Or are you ready to admit that you need my help? So that could be what he's saying. Or other Bible scholars believe that he's talking about the fish. Peter, do you love me more than fishing? Are you ready to come back home, or do you want to keep doing this? Do you want to pursue my plan for your life, or do you want to keep chasing your own? Either way, Jesus is inviting him back home. And he asks him this question, do you love me, three times? And I always thought that Jesus was kind of rubbing it in a little bit and kind of like, it, it, it felt a little, a little mean. But what I understand now, he's got him by that fire. So Peter is taken back in his senses to that place where he denied Jesus. And he denied him how many times? Three. And how many times does Jesus ask him if he loves him? He lets him proclaim his love to Jesus once for every time he denied him. Jesus is restoring him. He's restoring that place of hurt and pain. And sometimes we've been hurt and we think of a hurt that happened in our lives, and we think, well, it's too, long, too far gone. God can't do anything about it. You're wrong. Because Jesus lives above time. So that place where you were hurt, do you know that he's there right now? He is in that space right now. He's not confined by time. And so whatever happened, all you've got to do is say, Lord, help. Heal me. And Jesus is still in the business of restoring our past like he restored Peter's. Two guys, Peter and Judas. It's interesting that, that da Vinci painted them like this because if you look at the whole painting, you see that Peter is actually leaning toward Jesus and Judas is leaning away. Each of them had a, made a, had a major mistake. Each of them had a decision to make. They both initially ran away, but then Peter runs back home. It's up to us now. What are we going to do? Because every one of us has messed up and made mistakes. And we've got a decision to make. Are we going to run to God or are we going to continue to run from God? Aren't you tired of running? Aren't you tired of doing this by yourself? God is inviting us in to stop the running. Let me finish with this. Max Lucado tells this story. A young girl named Christina, she grew up in a poor Brazilian village. She wanted to see the, the world. She was not content with her little, her little tiny bed and her wood-burning stove. And she, she wanted more out of life. And she was a, he tells us she was a beautiful teenage girl. So one morning, she woke up and snuck away. And her mom, Maria, woke up. And she was instantly gripped with fear because she knew what her daughter had done. 
Her heart was broken. She knew that Christina would have no way to make money. And she knew that when she got hungry enough, her beautiful daughter would be taken advantage of in the big city by traffickers. So she, she packed her bag very quickly, and she says, I've got to go find her. On her way to the bus station, she stopped at a, at a drugstore, and she sat in one of those old-fashioned picture booths, and she spent all she could taking pictures of herself. She took all her pictures. She put them in her purse. She got on the, on the, the bus and headed to Rio. When she arrived, she started searching. She stopped at every sleazy bar and every cheap hotel that had a reputation for prostitution. And every time she went in, she would take one of her pictures and she would put it somewhere that she, would hoping, she was hoping her daughter would see it. She'd tape it up on a mirror. She'd put it on a bulletin board. And every time, she would write a small message on the back and stick it up. After a couple of days, she ran out of pictures. She ran out of money. So weeping, bitter tears, she climbed on a bus and went back home. A few months later, Christina walked down the stairs of another cheap hotel. Months of doing the unthinkable had left her tired and broken. Her eyes no longer had any life to them. They were sagged with pain and fear. They were exhausted. She hadn't smiled or laughed in months. Her dream had become a nightmare. And she had often thought about going back home, but now that place felt like a million miles away. And she thought, there's no way my mom would accept me back now. As she walked down the stairs of that hotel, she looked across the lobby and she saw taped to a mirror a familiar face. And as she got closer, her knees started to shake and she started to cry. Her eyes filled with tears, her throat tightened up. And she walked over and sure enough, that was a picture of her mom. With a shaky hand, she reached up and grabbed it. And for a long time, she just stared at this picture of her mom with tears in her eyes. Then finally, Christina flipped the picture over and on the back, her mom had written, whatever you've done, Whatever you've become, it doesn't matter. Please come home. And after a long while, standing there crying, Christina ran back home. And that invitation is available to us. It's that same thing. Jesus is looking at us, and he's saying, whatever you've done, whatever you've become, it doesn't matter. Please just come home. Today on Easter Sunday in 2023, I would love the honor of walking you home. So we're going to pray a very simple prayer. It's a prayer of repentance. It just says, God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the evil things I've done. I'm running back home. I make you Lord of my life. So if you'd like to pray that prayer with me, I'm going to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to ask everyone in this room to, to pray this same prayer out loud so nobody feels embarrassed or ashamed. I'm going to invite you to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. For every evil thing I've ever done, every evil thing I've ever said, and every person I've ever hurt, today I make you Lord of my life. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection. And thank you for second chances. I'm running back home today. Now make me more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, this morning I pray for every person here, every person joining us online. I pray that as you wrap your arms around your kids, your sons and daughters who are coming back home, I pray, Lord, that you would begin to restore the past, that you would heal the past, and that you would make them everything you've always designed them to be. We put it all in your hands, Lord. We trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and sing this last song with us?
and all alone Your presence was where I found home You were there and you're here right now In every high and every low You never left me without hope You were good and you're good right now Savior now But even death Was not the end You conquered hell So I could live Resurrecting then Resurrecting now Resurrecting then And I'm confident I'll see it again and again. 